that with me. Standing in vision. You've got to believe as you have vision. You've got to believe one day you'll be standing in what you believe. One day you'll be standing inside of what God said was yours. Said could happen. And we're not talking about money and stuff, guys, to be honest. We're talking about, you know, life matters a whole lot more than money. Amen? Come on. So, but you've got to believe that one day, can, are you serious? If you're unhappy today, but you want to be happy, you've got to see yourself happy. And you've got to know, I, I, I'm going to get where I need to be in life. And God's going to help me. So standing in vision. Looking at a little series this morning. There you go. Some brickwork going on. That's what needs to happen. The building of a vision. And we'll just let it go. Keep pushing me, Raj. And we'll, we'll get to where we want to go if you keep pushing. Say this verse with me. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, or God's word, happy is he. So where there's no vision, people perish. What's vision to me is to see supernaturally. By supernatural means. Through being apprehended by a supernatural God. Okay, that's my definition. That's what I believe vision means. Vision requires faith. We saw this last week. Vision has ears to what? Here. Vision is believing who? God. Vision is believing even though you cannot what? See. Vision is diligently seeking God. There's a lot to vision. There's a lot required on you and I and our part to make this happen. Vision. A clear vision with the courage and commitment to follow through will lead to a fantastic finish. Let's say that together. A clear vision with the courage and commitment to follow through will lead to a what? A fantastic finish. So we're talking about vision today. Now we're going to switch some gears. And we're going to go to the building of a vision. How do you build a vision? Y'all okay so far? How do you build a vision? What doesn't impress me a whole lot is somebody coming to me and saying, Well, the Lord showed me. And the Lord told me. Okay? Okay. Generally speaking, if the Lord shows or the Lord told, it means you're going to have to do something. Amen? It's going to require some work. How do you build what the Lord has said is so? How do you build, for example, a broken life that's in shatters, but you see that you, that's not God's will for your life? How do you, how, what do you have to do to build that vision? Or like I said earlier, if you're in a job situation, but it's not what you love, but you're glad you got a job, but it's not what you love, and you have a passion to do something else. And, and, and God's laid that passion on your heart, and you believe it's from the Lord. Well, what do you have to do? What's your part in building that vision? What do you have to do? That's what I want to talk about today. In 587 B.C., the Babylonians invaded and destroyed Jerusalem. Okay, it was destroyed. We talked about Nebuchadnezzar earlier in the first service today. I'm not talking about him now, though. About 70 years later, Cyrus, the king of Persia, ruled. And though Jerusalem was destroyed, he gave permission to the Jews to go back and do what? You go back and rebuild, because it broke their heart. And, and he gave them leave to go back to that city and rebuild that city. And they started rebuilding. They got with it. And they were on the verge of becoming a what? They were on the verge of becoming a nation again. But... Their sins, they're following false teaching, false gods, 
it killed their what? It killed their progress. It left the city in wretched and deplorable conditions. And I think it stayed that way for about a hundred years. That's a long time, isn't it? And they were on the verge of getting it finished. But they lost their vision. They lost their vision. And it didn't happen. And that brings us to our visionary today. Our visionary today that we're going to look at is Nehemiah. What is a visionary according to Webster's Dictionary? I'm going to tell you what it is. Here's what a visionary is according to Webster's Dictionary. A dreamer. Fanciful. Unreal and unrealistic. But he does say in that definition, somebody who sees supernaturally. Amen? And that's who I'm talking to. Okay? Nehemiah. The building of a vision. He's going to help us today. And as I studied this week, it was a blessing for me. And uh, this was just a blessing to me. It really got me excited. So I'm pretty excited about sharing it with you this morning. The building of a vision. How do you build that vision? Let's look at it today. We're going to break it down. Rod, just push me, buddy. Look at him. Nice. Uh-oh, there's a hole in the wall. Amen. The enemy can come through. You see that? The enemy can break through there. How is it when, when, I, when, my, when my, I got a hole in the wall, my wall's broken down, what can I do? God's, God doesn't want me in this place. He, he has something better for me. What can I do? Number one, say that word with me loud. It's going to require passion. Keep looking. There must be passion. For you to have a vision and to build the vision, you must be passionate about it. Y'all hear me or not? You're not going to sleep on me yet, are you? passion if God has spoken to your heart and you're not passionate about it you're pathetic quote me nothing's going to wake you up if the God of heaven is speaking to you and you're not doing something about it you must have passion that's number one in building a vision you must have passion must be passionate about it let's go to the Bible there, and that word compassion is the word concern concern for example, if your life is broken, it's a mess. You've been hurt. You've been left, abandoned, whatever. Maybe you've lost the, the, the person you love more than anything to death. But you're still alive. But you have to be concerned about your life. Amen. Say, you have to be concerned about living. If you want to get back up and keep moving, you've you got to be passionate about it. Well, I don't know. I just feel like dying. Well, you probably are going to die. You've got to be passionate if you want to live, man. Are y'all hearing me today? I'm going to be a little all over the place because I want to touch a bunch of nerves if we can this morning. But the Lord's going to have to do it. But there must be passion. Let's talk about Nehemiah. So here's this city of Jerusalem, the city of God, in ruin. They have permission to go back and build it. They start. They get sideways and sidetracked and start sinning and screwing up. It lays there for many, many years. And so every time, now Nehemiah, he's over in Persia, a faithful man of God, but he's been taken captive, and that's where he lives. But every time he hears anybody passing by from Jerusalem, or it's been close to Jerusalem, he's concerned about it. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah, and it came to pass in the month of Chislu in the 20th year that I was in Shushan, the palace. That Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of what? Judah. And I asked them, what's our word? Concerning, concerning the who? The Jews had escaped 
which had left of the captivity, and concerning who and what? Jerusalem. And they said unto me, so he said, how's things in Jerusalem? Have you been by there? Have you heard any word, any word, how the city of God is? Say, he was concerned. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great what? Affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. And the gates thereof are what? They've been burned with fire. And so, number one, there must be passion. Did you feel a little bit of passion from Nehemiah? Say, here he is. He's concerned about the people of God. He's concerned about the Jewish people. He's concerned about Jerusalem. And vision is going to require a real concern. If you want to see the vision come to fruition, come to pass, you must be concerned about it. Say, I must be concerned about it. Okay, you've got to be passionate about it. You've got to believe. And you've got to believe very strongly. Here's Jesus speaking. Here's Jesus with vision. And when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with what? Come what? Passion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad. And he saw the people. This was Jesus' vision of people. He saw the people as what? Sheep having no shepherd. And he was moved with compassion. You've got to be concerned. If, you want, if you're going to build vision and you're going to believe whatever it is that you feel like God has spoken to you or is, is dealing with in your life, you've got to be concerned about it. Yes or no? Okay, is that, is that pretty clear? Okay, so that's number one. So compassion. What is compassion? What is compassion? Jesus looked with compassion on people, eyes of compassion. Compassion is real what? It's real concern for somebody. That's a great definition for compassion, I think. It's real concern for somebody. Amen? It's just real concern for somebody. Well, that somebody might be you. Do you care about you? It's not being selfish, guys. If your life is a wreck and it's a mess and wanting to get to where God wants you in, in your life, that's not a bad, that's, got, that's a good thing. Well, nobody cares for me. Do you care for you or what? Say that's just blaming people. Do you care for you? Do you want your life to count? Do you want to do something of value and, and, and make a difference with your life? Then you've got to care about it. Number one, we got it, say. Well, the reason I'm beating this upside our head today because everything comes off of that. If there's no passion with this so-called vision, <clears throat> expect it to die then. Amen? Without vision, people perish. And also... Without passion about your vision, people are going to perish. And that people could be you. You've got to be passionate about it. So number one, we're filling in this wall. Passion. Number two, say it with me loud. Patience. Oh, I know we don't like that. It's so much more fun to tell people, i got a word from God. Won't you just hush? For a little while. Is that being too mean? It is being too mean. And that's a guy from Philly telling me that. I knew they were sissies up there. Just playing, just playing. Just playing. I know I'm going to get beat up outside. I know, I hear you. I hear you. It's going to take four of you. Here we go. Come on. There must be patience. Listen, no, we don't like that. No, we don't. We don't like patience. But if it's a vision from God... 
and you're passionate about it. Timing matters. Timing. And I'm not trying to set up us, us as an example here at Fellowship Church. But guys, all I have is what I got. I can only talk out of my experience and what I see. This message came to be, this series came to be because a lady came here and she said, when I come here, I'm standing in a vision. This place did not exist. And by the way, one of the number one criticisms we got over the years was we weren't doing it fast enough. And some of you are sitting in this room who criticized us. Let me ask you this. Are you sitting here now? Say. Amen. Say. Had somebody years ago, I don't mean to be negative, came to the church, came and sat in front of me and told me that if we didn't borrow the money, they were leaving the church and a whole lot of other people were leaving too. And guess what they did? They left. Do what? Well, he said, that's all right. I got their seat. That's terrible. That's terrible. That's, this is going to be on radio. Here's the point. I've been very impatient in, in my life. I've been very impatient with people. So I don't stand in judgment over these people. It's just a reality that I've done the same thing they've done. And you've done it. Have we not been impatient? Yes or no? Say. Listen, if it's a vision from God, if it's something God has spoken, if it's, especially if it's your life, man, or it's the life of other people that matter and that's at stake, man, be patient. It came to pass. Nehemiah speaking, when I heard these words, what words? That the walls are broken down, that the, the people are suffering, that they're in reproach. I sat down and I what? I wept and I mourned what? Certain days. Most of us pray and it's a little lay me down to sleep prayer. And we wonder why God didn't do it. Guys, timing. This is God we're talking about. Okay, timing. I sat down in more than certain days and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. So number two, as we build this wall, as we're building vision, passion with patience increases the burden of the vision. Say that with me. Passion with patience increases the what? When we started building this years ago, it was more like Webster said, fanciful. Oh, that'd be great. And you watch an architect take his pen, and they can just draw things and charge you hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you get nothing. Amen? But we're just dreaming. But as time went by, and struggles happened, and we were more all in then, the burden started to grow. Did you hear me or not? I don't know if you're like me. If I want something and get it right away, I don't appreciate it. Are y'all like that? Say, anybody else like that? If you give me something right away, if I go, will you give me this and you just give it to me? I'm like, oh, great, thank you. And I forget. But if I have to wait patiently for something, boy, that burden, and I'm just more appreciative. Yes or no? Romans says we're saved by hope, but hope that's seen ain't hope. For what a man sees, why does he hope for it? But if we hope for that which we cannot see, then we with patience do what? Wait. Amen? So patience, patience, timing. The increase of burden leads to actively following through with the what? Vision can just be words. Vision can just be, well, I got a word from the Lord. Well, God told me this. Well, I believe this. 
But staying passionate about that, even though it doesn't happen right away, increases the what? The burden. The burden. And actually, actually, the patience becomes a good thing. Because as that burden grows, then you are more inclined to follow through. Hello? Amen? I know this is an odd topic for many of us today. We're talking about vision. It's important. need to talk about it. A little bit different. So we're building that wall, and we're having this wall builder, Nehemiah, help us. Why not have a guy that's done it talk to us today? Amen? Come on. So patient, I mean passion, got to have it. And then there's patience. How do I build a vision, Pastor? I feel like this is what God wants me to do. And I, you know, maybe you're hurting or who knows what the situation could be. It could be multiple things. But the bottom line is patience has to be built on top of that passion. And then there has to be what? Y'all with me? Don't go to sleep as we build this wall. There must be prayer. My word for that is cleansing. 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 I don't know what prayer does for you, but it cleans me up. And I got the best quote this week the Lord gave me in my office. One of my favorite all time. I told you I'm going to be famous one day, and this is it right here. One of my favorite quotes I've ever written in my life is three words. Prayer prepares me. Would you say that with me? Prayer prepares me. Hard to say that. Prayer prepares me. Prayer prepares me. Try to say that ten times. Prayer prepares me. Prayer prepares me. There must be prayer. There must be prayer. Prayer is vital to vision. Prayer is what? Vital to vision. Again, not trying to make it too personal, but it is what it is. Every Sunday morning at the high school for 13 years or out here on Sunday morning, before I walk in this building, I get a pickup truck with six guys, and we pray. You, why do I do that? It prepares me. How many got up on the wrong side of the bed? Don't lie. You got up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. You just weren't feeling that great, hot, and you just got up on the Oh, you are so pleasant. People lie, don't they, preacher? Listen, sometimes I get up on the wrong side of the bed, believe it or not. Yeah. I need to be prepared. Amen. And you know, when I pray out front with those fellows, it prepares me to walk in this building. It prepares me to love on people. It prepares me to preach a message. And I get excited about it after prayer. That's just a little thing, guys. But prayer prepares me. Say that with me. Prayer prepares me. Isn't that a great line? Prayer prepares me. I love that. Prayer prepares me. Nehemiah prayed. And it's something I've seen for years. I'd like to share it with you. Nehemiah prayed. I've got a vision, Pastor. Well, be patient, but don't forget that passion. But pray. Pray what? I call it the four C's of prayer. And where I learned this was from this man, Nehemiah, years ago. He prayed the four C's of prayer. Number one, the character of God. When you're praying for this thing, this situation, maybe it's your life. And you're passionate about it. And you've been patient. And now you're praying because that burden's growing and, and you're crying out to God now. The four C's. Here's what Nehemiah said. I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven. He's praying God's character. The great and terrible God that keeps covenant and mercy for them that love Him 
and observe His commandments. Pray like that. Pray the character of God. Pray that God is all-powerful. Pray that God is almighty. Pray that God is all-knowing. Pray the character of Almighty God. When you start praying and you start talking to Him like that, when you're praying to Him, you're going to start seeing Him like that. You want this thing that He's told you to come to pass. Well, if it's a God thing, then God's going to have to make it happen. But you're a part of that, and He wants you to build. So pray the character of God. That's number one. Number two, the second C of prayer, confession to God. Let This is Nehemiah just praying. Let thine ear be attentive, your eyes open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. And he popped himself in there. We have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We've dealt very corruptly against you, God. We've not kept your commandments. We've not kept your statutes, nor your judgments, which you commanded your servant Moses. Did you feel that prayer? Yes or no? Sometimes we get a vision. We believe that God's spoken to us. This is what's going to happen. You've got to have that passion. And you've got to be patient. But then prayer. Praying His character. But then confessing. This is all part of that vision. You getting clean. Amen? Me getting clean. Us getting right with God. You think God's going to do something? Are you kidding me? Come on. Start talking to Him about the, the junk in your life. Number three. Third C, confidence. The four C's of prayer. Confidence in God and His promises. Nehemiah's talking to God. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you transgress, I'll scatter you abroad among the nations. But, but, God, remember, but, if you turn, you said, and keep my commandments and do them, Though there were of you cast out into the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather you from there. I'll bring them unto the place that I've chosen to set my name there. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by thy great power and thy strong hand. When you pray, pray with confidence. Pray with confidence on the promises of God and what God has said would come to pass. Talk to Him about it. Pray like that to Him. I don't know about you, but see, this vision's getting stronger now as I've seen the character of God, as I've cleaned myself up and let Him confess my sin, and I see this cleansing now in my life. And then I'm having more confidence because I'm trusting His promises. Are you feeling, are you feeling a little strength here? Say, but don't forget it starts with passion down here. And number four, commitment. The four C's of prayer. Oh, Lord, I beseech Thee. Let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear your name and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant, Nehemiah says. Prosper me. Be with me, God, this day. Grant me mercy in the sight of the king. Say that last line with me. For I was the, I was the king's cupbearer. He's praying. He has passion. He's been patient. He's praying. We saw the four C's. And the power of that is incredible. And he's getting ready to go now. 
He's got something going on. God spoke to him about something, and we're going to see what he does. Prayer does what? One more time. Can we be a little louder than that? Prayer? Well, I don't like to pray. I don't need to pray. We're just going to go around half-cocked doing the things of God. That's what you're going to do. If your marriage matters, pray! Are you hearing me? Come on, if your kids matter, pray! If your life matters, pray! Come on, man. Get all in. Passionate. I don't know. You all right? Vision. Show me. Nehemiah's praying. Send me. Use me. This man's getting stronger. I don't know if you're feeling it or not. This man is getting stronger before our very eyes. The man who was broken when he heard the news is now getting stronger. Show me. Send me. Use me. And this vision that God put in his heart, <laughs> he's starting to believe in it. Amen? He's starting to believe in it. Come on. So we're building this wall. How do I build a vision? Passion, patience, prayer, and now what? Help me now, louder. Planning. And I say that, I mean, because sometimes I think just because we hear a word from the Lord, we think we don't have to be involved in it. God uses people. He created you in His image and His likeness. He gave you a brain. He gave you wherewithal to make things happen. you got to plan. It Wouldn't it be nice God just says something? See, creation already happened. God said, let there be light, and there was light, okay? He, and he still does stuff. He could, he could have angels preach the gospel if he chose people like us. Amen? Say. He wants us to plan. He's using us. He wants to use you. That's why there's vision. There must be planning. And I put the word confidence there. When you plan, confidently plan. When you plan, confidently plan. If it's trying to rebuild your life, whatever it might be, that you feel like God has spoken to you, then confidently plan. Why would I not have confidence in something I say God has spoken to me about? Yes or no? The Bible says, it does say, you know, try the Spirit, test the Spirit to see it, if it is of the Lord. I think a lot of people that say they have vision, it might be indigestion. Okay? But if God has spoken to you, and you believe, you need to really believe. And you need to plan. But plan with confidence. Now, I put this verse up again just so that we could see it. He's asking the Lord to help him. And say that last part with me again. For I was the king's cupbearer. And before that, it says, give me mercy in the sight of this man. Nehemiah has a plan, and we're going to see it in a minute. But he has been planning this plan. The Bible didn't tell us about it until he walks in and does it. But he didn't, just do it. he didn't just do it off the cuff. He had a plan. Say that with me. Plan and believe you. One more time. Plan and believe you. That's nice. One more time. Plan and believe you. How many just with a testimony today would say, Pastor, God helped me in my life. He showed me something years ago, whether it was personal in your life or whatever. But God helped me to see that thing come to pass. I planned, and I believed I could, and it happened. Can I see your hand? Just some testimonies in the house today. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Plan and believe you can. Amen? Say. So plan. See it as reality. I see the terrorists done. 
this message ain't about the terrorists today at all. I'm happy with the seats back there. Y'all hearing me fine back there, yes or no? You're okay, ain't you? Sure you are. Doesn't trouble me that a terrorist sitting there, but I see it done. And we're making plans. Well, why are you planning? Because we see it. Amen. Because we believe it. But don't forget, passion after number passion is what's that next one? Patience. Yeah. Patience. Don't have to have it today. No. Need a plan there, right? You listening or not? So, passion. How do you build a vision? Patience, prayer. Then put a plan together. Put a plan together. Put a plan together. Put a plan together. Okay? I'm going to back up and be ugly. Can I be ugly one second? So you've been hurt. You've been abandoned. I know what that feels like. So often when that happens to us, there's not patience. And we come out of a relationship and we jump right back into another one. Yes or no? And we're just sure, I'm just sure I found this perfect person. You don't know what you found. We're just not patient. I forgot to say that earlier. That's why I went back. Here we go. Here we go. Come on, be patient. Amen? Be patient. Be patient. Prayer and in planning. Number five, position, 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 position. The word for me is place. Say place, place. There must be position or there must be place. What do I mean by that? I'm still on that last little line. Say that with me one more time. For I was the what? Okay? Position. Position. What do I mean? I was the king's cupbearer. Keep looking. Keep looking. God placed me here for such a time as this. You've got to believe that. If this vision in your heart is from the Lord, you must believe that God has placed me here for such a time as this. Whatever that might be. God has placed me here. Y'all listening or not? You've got to know that. He's positioned me here. This is something He's given to me. He's said to me. He's spoken to me. He's touched me. It's not something kooky, contrary to God's Word. No. It's really important. He's placed me here. Okay? It's not a surprise to God where I'm at. And it should not be a surprise to me either. God is not surprised if you're in a bad way, for example, if you're hurting. But He wants you to, you've seen that, man, I need to move forward in my life. God has better for me. God sees you in that place. I'm not saying at all that God sinned and caused you to get in that place. We know God does not sin. No, 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 no. But we know He knows everything and He sees everything. He sees you right in that spot. He's called you. He's commissioned you. He's challenged you. He's given you this vision. He sees you right where you are. And, he's, and you know what? He's not surprised at where you're at. Listen, the key is don't be surprised yourself where you're at. Start to embrace that. Start to embrace right where you are. For example, back in that place of pain and hurt. I am hurt. I am a mess. But you see me right here. I'm in the perfect place to get better. I see myself. Quit complaining about the place you're in. Stop. You're not going to get out of it doing that. 
Stop complaining. Oh, why'd you do this to me? That's not a vision. That's a whiner. Stop it. God said, yeah, praise the Lord. Come on. Come on, man. I'm right here. You see me right here. Hello. I'm right here. That's okay. You need to be in the place that God's called you to be if you're going to move forward and do what God has for you. This isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to have a holy God talk to you. It's not a bad thing to have been patient and to be praying and seeing God's character and being committed now to Him. It's not a bad thing to be planning to get out of that hole, is it? That's a good thing. And you're in the right position. You're in the right place. For I was the king's cupbearer. That don't sound like some highfalutin job to me. You know what I mean? I'm a slave away from my people in a foreign king's palace. I guarantee if you'd ask Nehemiah, I don't want to be here, and I don't like being here, and it makes me sick being here to see all the crap going around me all the time in this place. I hate it. But you put me here. Amen? Yes or no? Number four, I mean number six rather, proceeding. These are my words. Proceeding. Maybe not the best word, but I chose it. Proceeding. There must be what? Proceeding. No, Yeah, there must be action. Proceeding. That word means action. So, how is the king's cupbearer? And now a lot of the planning and stuff we talked about, you're going to see where, it, where he did it. Let's go. Here we go. It came to pass in the month Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes, the king. So it's been a while. Time has passed. That wine was before him. And I took up the wine, and I gave it unto the king. Now I had been before time, now I had what? Not been before time what? Sad in his presence. Now, I don't know how much about history you know in kings and foreign kings back in the day, but kings like to be happy. Happy, happy, happy. Happy, happy. And they come in all sad. Oh, you've saddened the king. Kill him. So they tried to be really happy. Amen, say. But this time he comes in sad. Do you see what the vision has done to this man? The passion and the patience and the prayer and the planning and the place he's in has changed him. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is your countenance sad? And by the way, we're no different than a lot of kings. How many like to work with people that are always depressed around you all the time? We're no different than the kings, guys. The king said, why, why is your countenance sad? Seeing you're not sick. I know you're not sick. This is nothing but a broken heart. You've got a sad heart. Say that last part with me. Then I was very what? Ooh, off with his head. I'm not saying vision's not going get, to get scary at times. He was scared. 
It's okay. And I said unto the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad? Why shouldn't I be sad? When the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, it lies in waste. And the gates thereof, they're consumed with fire. So I am sad, okay? I am sad. What is, what is proceeding? Listen, a clear vision with the what? Courage and the what? Commitment to follow through will lead to a fantastic plan. So he had this plan. The plan was, I'm going to go before the king. The plan was, you know, as opportunity arises, I'm going to lay out the deal. Amen? That's the deal here. You think a cupbearer could go back and rebuild the city of Jerusalem? Are you kidding me? He's a slave. He can't do anything. Are you telling me God can use a slave who's in a position, a place where he's held captive there, but here you are as an American, and you're free to roam anywhere, but God can't use you? That's bull, guys. God can do anything in your life. If you listen to him and do some of the things we've said today, this is powerful. So he proceeded. He went before the king. Now, what's that next word? Provision. Pro, You've got to be provision, baby. Amen? Come on. He had a vision, but with vision comes provision. And that's what happened here. The word for me I wrote down is the word trust. Trust. Man, this was, this was tough to go before that king. But his trust was not in that king. His trust was in who? God, because God, he felt, had given him this burden. I mean, he was fine. He was in the king's palace. His needs were taken care of. This, this, this vision was really not so much about his better well-being, but for other people. He had a concern. And so he knew this was the right thing, so he trusted the Lord. So here he is before the king, sad, gives a little spill he just gave. I said unto the king, if it please the king, now here's his plan coming out. If thy servant has found favor in your sight, that thou wouldest send me to Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchers, that I might what? I don't know how much experience he had as a builder. Maybe you know more about that than I do. I don't know. He's a pretty good cupbearer. And the king said unto me, the queen sitting by him, for how long will your journey be? When will you return? He had to have a plan. He had to have the answers to all those questions. And he did. So it pleased the king to what? To send me, and I set him a what? A time. You've got a plan. He did. He ain't done with the plan, the planning. He had more planning going on. I'm a cupbearer. I ain't got jack nothing squat to give nobody. You know what I'm saying? That's the plan here. So something's got to give. Moreover, I said unto the king, if it please the king, let letters be given to me to the governors beyond the river that they may convey me over till I come to Judah. I don't want to look like some slave that's done run away from home. Give me some letters. Let me know. Get me where I'm going. Does that take planning to think this way? Sure. And give me a letter. I ain't done with the letters. To Asap, the keeper of the king's forest, that he might give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace which appertain to the house and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall enter into. 
And the king granted me according to the good hand of who? My God upon who? Vision. You feeling it or not? Then I came to the governors beyond the river. I gave them the letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. Don't be surprised when God gives you a vision and you are patient and you pray and you plan and you position yourself. All those things we talked about. And you proceed, you proceed, all that. Don't be surprised if God does abundantly above more than you could have asked or ever thought. Back in my journey of hurt and pain and struggle, never did I realize the captains and the warriors that God would put on my left hand and my right hand behind me and in front of me and would help as I moved forward, others moved forward with me. Y'all hearing me or not? Vision. You got to believe like this. It's incredible. Trust God to provide the answer to what? Can we say that loud? That's important. Trust God to provide the answer to? That's a big deal, ain't it? Trusting God. How, Lord? How? 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 Get to the place where you trust God to do that. They're shining lights on me. i got to quit. But we can't leave a hole in the wall, can we? No. What's the last one? Purpose. Purpose. There must be what? By that I mean, say that word with me, determination, determination. I thought I could just get a vision from God and it'd all be good. No. He's going to require you to be a part of that. He's going to require a lot of building out of you. But it's going to be worth it. But you've got to be, term, be determined all the way to the end. You've got to be determined all the way to the end. So I came to Jerusalem and I was there three days. I rose in the night. I and some men were with me, a few men. I didn't tell any man what God had put in my heart to do. And I think that's very important about vision. I think so often we need to keep what God has said to us in our heart. I hadn't told anybody, he says. Neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I was on. Okay? And I went out by night, by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, to the dung port. Boy, that's sort of a crappy place. Smelly. And I viewed the walls of Jerusalem. Nobody's going to be hanging out there at night. Be smart, okay? <laughs> And I viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and the gates thereof which were consumed with fire, just like they had said. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that I was under, under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the brook. I viewed the wall. I turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. And the rulers knew not where I went. They didn't know where I was. I did this, Nehemiah says. Because let me tell you something. This is a vision God gave me. You understand? And I'm determined, he says. 
Neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that even did the work. Boy, this is something, isn't it, how he kept it inside like this. Then said I unto them, now, he says it, you see the distress that we're in. You see how Jerusalem lies in waste and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come! Let us Boy, he said it at the right time, didn't he? Y'all hearing me? Yes or no? How many of y'all think those boys got on board with him? Then I told them. Then I told them. The hand of my God was good upon me. Amen? Say We're learning a lot about that vision sometimes, not spouting it too early. How about before you start spouting it, you start, you you wait to the hand of God's good upon you. Amen? Are you hearing Nehemiah today? I am. That's also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, who? They, the people that were with him. They said, say it with me. Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this what? Now we're done. I'm not going to preach the whole book. I think we got far enough. Hey, the good news is the wall got built. It was great. Amen? What did we learn out of this last point? Walk it before you. One more time. I'm talking about vision. Walk it before you talk it. Walk it before you talk it. Before you start telling everybody about the vision, how about you walk it? And I think we know what that means, don't we? All those points we put up on the screen. That's a lot of walking right there before you talk it. And others will what? If it's a God thing, then it's a good thing. And if it's a good thing, other men will follow. And other men will jump, in board, jump on board. So what did we learn today? Here we go. What did we learn? We're building that hole in that wall up. We did it today. Passion. Come on. Patience. Prayer. Planning. Position. Proceeding, provision, purpose, determination, and get it done. I think we're done. Praise praise the Lord for the word this morning. Standing in vision. Boom. Hey, praise the Lord.